on this special holiday episode of Common Mystics, we do a deep dive into the roots of Christmas and other similar solstice traditions around the world. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are common mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. But today, we're talking to you about Christmas. Meow, 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 Honestly. That is so annoying. I'm editing all this out. That's ridiculous. Really? So, Jill, Christmas. It's the most special time of the year. And up until like... Five minutes ago, I didn't know why. (laughs) Yeah, I learned so much from researching this. I'm excited to start. But I think we need to qualify a few things. Like our lens is very specific to how we grew up in in the tradition of Christmas. It's a true story. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah, we were raised as Catholic, which is, of course, a Christian religion. So that's our lens. But as you take a look at the traditions of Christmas, we start to recognize that actually the traditions that we think of as Christmas traditions predate the holiday by thousands of years. We didn't do it first. We didn't didn't do do it it first. first. And exist among different cultures around the world. True. So crazy. Let's talk about it. All right, let's do it. it. I'm so excited. Do you want to introduce Christmas just for those maybe non- Christian people who might be listening? Yes. So Christmas. Okay. (laughs) Christmas is a celebration of Christ's birth. It's really like they're talking about Christ's mass, meaning like a mass of Christ. Like we have to like worship him and give thanks that he was born. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about the nativity story? Because that's fun. I know it's not in here, but just real, real short. Tell us about Mary and Joseph. I think you should do that. And they were traveling. Go ahead. Okay. So long story short, they had to do like a census and they had to go back to Bethlehem so that they can be like, hi, I'm Joseph. This is my wife, Mary. And here we are and be a part of the census. And so they were traveling, but they didn't have a lot of money. So they didn't like have a horse and buggy. They had just a little baby donkey. And this little baby donkey had uh, Mary on her. And um, Mary was very, very pregnant at the time. She was with child. And they went back to Bethlehem. But like the whole place, because everyone had to come to the census and everyone had to be taxed and everything was so booked up. Okay. So like there was no place for them to stay. And so they went to place to place and they're like, hi, do you have like a room in your bed and breakfast? And everyone was like, sorry, Joseph, you all late. And so this one guy was like, look, we don't have a room. We don't, we don't have a room here, but there is a stable, which is like a barn, and you and your wife can just hang out in the barn, and I'll like charge you half price. And so Joseph was like, okay, okay, cool. It's not ideal, but we'll do what we can. And then so they went into the barn, and they're chilling, then all of a sudden Mary's like, oh, Joseph. Oh, Joseph, it's time. It's time, Joseph. And then throughout the night, she gave birth to a little bouncing baby boy and they were and it was still in the stable and that's what happened and then like a star in the sky there was a big star in the sky and the star in the sky was like everyone a baby was born he's a big deal and like these like three wise men three kings astrologer guys see the star and they were like oh my god we're gonna follow that we've never seen a star like this before so they followed the star and when they got to like the star where they thought the source of the star was it was where the baby was born and that was 12 days later wow and that in a nutshell is christmas i have got to say i have You're never welcome. heard 
a synopsis of Christmas or the nativity <laughs> quite like that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I want to say well done, but I'm not sure if those are the right words. <laughs> but no, what I love about what you just pointed out that I didn't even realize until you said it was that tradition of the nativity links astronomy with the birth of Jesus, which is kind of what this whole thing is all about. It's so true. So, Thank yeah, you. good job. Thanks. So, obviously, Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus. And while there are many winter celebrations that have developed around the world, Christmas is the most widespread holiday that's celebrated at the be- at the beginning of winter. True statement. And I also want to qualify by saying, you know, Jill, we have listeners in Australia. We do. And, and in some of the southern hemisphere regions of the world. And for them, this solstice that we're talking about in December is the summer solstice. That's very, very cool. So throughout this, we're going to be talking about the winter solstice because we have that very northern hemisphere view being in the United States. But we do want to recognize that for you all in the southern hemisphere, it's the reverse. And we're talking about the summer solstice. I like that. Yeah. Christmas traditions obviously include Jesus being born Mm -hmm. and Jesus being important because he is the savior of people. So Mm -hmm. that that's why his birth is important, because he is a savior. Right. He saves us from our sins, Mm -hmm. our original sin. It's a whole thing. Eventually. Like, yeah, eventually. eventually It's it's actually a sad story, but like (laughs) not. It's a whole thing. It's complicated. It is complicated. It's complicated. (laughs) Talk Um, about complications. Mary was a virgin. That's another theme. (laughs) Very complicated. That is a Christmas tradition that Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. Well, I just want to give a shout out to Joseph, who really stepped up. Mm. He really stepped up. Just saying. Right. And another talking about how that happened? No. Unless you want to. Are you ready to to do your Jill version? Oh, my God. Sure. What do you mean Jill version? This is just factual. This is is what the Bible says. Oh, is this what the Bible says? Please. This is uh, the Gospel of Jill. Mm -hmm. And if you turn to (laughs) Jill 1. Just. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Long story short. Long story short. Okay. Blessed Virgin (laughs) was engaged to Joseph. And Joseph was at work one day. And Mary was at her house. And she was all preparing for the wedding. And all of a sudden, there's like this big angel who we believe is Angel Gabriel. I'm pretty sure it was Gabriel. And he comes and he's like, hey, Mary. And she's like, oh, my God, Gabriel. I didn't know you were coming. What are you doing? Oh, my God, what a nice surprise. And he's like, okay, sit down. We need to talk about something. And she's like, what? And he's like, God brought me here to tell you that you're going to be a mother to God's child. And she was like, whoa. She was like, I don't. She's like, Gabriel, I'm going to marry Joseph. That's really going to complicate things. Who's going to explain that to Joseph, right? right. Plus, she's and, never. she does say, well, I've never been with a man so how can uh-huh. i be pregnant see you know the story no go ahead no that, i think no, it's no, an no, important no, you know point it. she's yeah. like hey i've never been with a man so you you do got you the think- wrong person <laughs> well did you do you think she knew how it works or do you think it was like season one of bridgerton <laughs> you know what i'm saying anyway Just, continue i don't even so- want to comment <laughs> i don't want to compare the virgin mary to a character in bridgerton so please continue okay. 
Anyway, so that happened. And so she was like, yeah, you know, I don't know of men. And Gabriel was like, don't worry about it. We got you covered. So being you're pregnant. And she was like, "Okay, let it be done the way it's supposed to happen. Tell me. So then Joseph comes home from work and he was like, hey, Mary, I had a great day at the office. I was like, I made like a stool. And she's like, "Okay, um, you're going to need that stool. You're going to have to sit down. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to sit down. Joseph, we're having it. Well, we're having a baby, but it's not it's technically God's baby. And God was like, God, God sent a Gabriel here and he was like and he made me pregnant. And it took a minute. I'm not going to lie. It, it was a hard it was a hard thing for Joseph to to to, you know, get mm-hmm. on board mm-hmm. with. Sure. But I think the angel came back and told and he was like, no, she's legit, Joseph. I actually yeah. think that happened. I, I, yeah. I do think that that happened, too, in some versions. Yeah, for because real. he like he like walked away and he was like, yeah, this is a little much. Like, you know, I thought I was getting a virgin. Now the virgin is pregnant and I have to like raise someone else's child who happens to be God. Like, I don't know if I would that, believe that's it. a lot of pressure, too. Even if it it's even if he lot. believed it, that's a lot of pressure. It is a lot. It yeah. is a lot. And God, like, what if you beat God's son? Like, what if God's son's getting out of line and you have to spank him? What what is that going to be? It raises questions, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. <laughs> So Angel Gabriel came back and was like, Joseph, she's legit. She -hmm. still doesn't know, man. You're still going to have to explain that to her. But right now she's pregnant. So that whole thing happens. Very good. Well done, Jill. Thank you. And along with with those traditions of Jesus being born a savior at Christmas and Mary being a virgin when she gives birth to Jesus. There's also the tradition of Mary making and celebrating specifically with food and drink. Mm -hmm. Right. That's something that we practice year round. Like, yeah, like every day. But, you know, specifically at Christmas, that that is a theme, that celebration. So uh, are you ready to look at the roots of Christmas? I am so excited because truly this is such a spectacular, fun time of year. And I never knew why. Please tell us. Let's get into it. So cool. According to the Catholic Encyclopedia Online, Christmas, or Christ's Mass, was not one of the earliest celebrations of the Catholic Church. However, various places around the Holy Land started celebrating it in about 200 AD. And by the 4th century, most churches would settle on December 25th as the date of the annual celebration. And that's how we know it now. You want to ask me about December 25th? Like, what's so special about December 25th? Jennifer. Yeah. December 25th, when we celebrate Christmas or the birth of Christ, what's so special about that? How did they decide? I am so glad you asked. Mm. According to the Julian calendar, which was developed at the time of Julius Caesar, December 25th fell on the winter solstice. Ah. Yes. Now, these days, we don't use that calendar. We use the Gregorian calendar. And so modern times, in modern times, the winter solstice now falls on December 20th or 21st or the 22nd, depending on the calendar for that year. But Mm -hmm. back then, December 25th was the solstice. And that's why they chose it for Christmas uh, to celebrate the birth of Christ. And we should note that no one really knows when Jesus's birthday, like they don't really say it in the Bible. Yeah, that's not written down in there. Right. So that's like, like not a thing. They're just like everyone else is having fun during the winter season. Let's just bring Jesus's birthday then. But why was everyone having fun? What's so big about the winter solstice? So the solstice, the winter solstice is in the northern hemisphere, of course. That is the day with the shortest period of daylight and the longest night 
of the year. It's when the sun is at its lowest daily maximum elevation in the sky. Therefore, the day after the winter solstice marks the beginning of the lengthening of days. That's when the days start to get longer. That's when the sun starts coming back. That is a reason to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of have that winter solstice being like, it's it's a darkness, right? It's the darkest day of the year, but it's a celebration because here comes the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Right. And of so, course, the days get longer and longer until you get to the summer solstice, which is then the longest day of the year. And then the reverse happens. Right. And then it starts getting days start getting shorter and shorter and shorter. OK, so I have a question. Yeah. So why are we celebrating? How did we come to celebrate the winter solstice and how was it celebrated? I love this so much. Tell me everything. The roots of the celebrations of solstice go back 12,000 years. That's insane. And could be longer. Could be longer, but we only have evidence back to 12,000 years ago. And here's why. In Neolithic times, the solstice would have been a special moment in the year because back then, astronomy or astronomical events like where the sun was in the sky and where the moon was or and what you know what was happening in the heavens would guide everyday activities right like what like the mating of animals or or the sowing of crops or like monitoring your winter storage of food right they didn't have yes. they didn't have written calendars so they turned to astronomy and and what was happening in the sky to guide them it's really smart And um, one piece of evidence of this is Stonehenge in England. Stop it. Yes, that obviously- I never knew that. Famous rock structure. The primary axis of the monument has been carefully aligned on a sight line pointing to the winter solstice sunset. That's crazy. So Stonehenge is like a big calendar. So can you imagine being like, what day is it? And having to ride out to the field to look at Stonehenge. Right. And be like, it's the 12th. <laughs> I ima- Don't you imagine they all just stood around watching and waiting mm. for the sun to be in that particular spot? That's amazing. It's, it's so cool and like vibey to like think about that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Honestly, it, it feels like we're aligned with nature the same way like bird, birds are aligned with the changing of the seasons and they start heading south, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Towards the equator. If you're in the northern hemisphere, it just makes you feel like you're like one with what's happening on the earth. And one with the ancestors. Mm. I love it. Okay, continue. Okay, but the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere in particular uh, at this time of year was immensely important because the people were economically dependent on monitoring the progress of the the seasons. And the next few months, those months of winter, which we call, you know, uh, January, February, March, those were known as the famine months. Yeah, they were. Mm -hmm. In temperate climates, the midwinter festival would have been the last feast celebration. So the solstice would have been when deep winter began, when most of the cattle was slaughtered so that they didn't have to be fed. So that's why they would have a feast to kill the animals that probably wouldn't make it through the winter. And also the majority of wine and beer would have been finally fermented and ready to drink by now. 
Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> so we're talking yummy, yum, yums. Right. We're talking wine and beer. Right. Yes. So it's like from, a modern Christmas. Oh my gosh. From Neolithic times when people were like into na- agriculture and farming, you see celebrations, you see food, you see drink, you see celebrating the return of the sun. That's amazing. And preparing for the, for the winter to come. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes, no, this is off topic, but it makes January through April a little more depressing. It re- I know, right? It's already <laughs> just depressing. Just a little bit more. I know. This just kind In of... our climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then... Okay, continue. So these are like the very oldest roots of the solstice celebrations, and they continued throughout Egypt, Syria, and other ancient civilizations. So tell me what was happening in other places, like ancient Egypt. Yeah. Like, let's go down. Tell me what's okay. up. So in ancient Egypt, the Egyptians would, during the solstice, retire into their shrines. And then at midnight, they would cry, the virgin has been brought forth. The light is waxing, meaning that it was starting to get light again. Right. This is ancient Egypt. Yeah. Ancient Egypt. Right. Okay. And they're making reference to a virgin. Yes, you got it. Right. That's why I'm confused. Right. Okay. And the sun was represented as an image of a newborn baby at the winter solstice. Uh, You guys? Yeah. This is pre-Jesus. And you're already having that tradition of the virgin bringing forth a sun and the sun representing the light. Yeah. That's very interesting. Similarly, in ancient Syria... The winter solstice was celebrated again by people going into the shrines and singing praises again upon a virgin who would bring forth the sun. Very interesting. I know. This is different areas of the world all uniting in the same activity at the same time of year. Right. With almost the same myth. That's very interesting. Continue. So so the virgin that they were praising obviously was not the Virgin Mary. This was thousands of years before. But... A goddess, a Near Eastern goddess named Ashtar. And according to one source, she is known as the Enduring Star. (gasps) Mm -hmm. And some called her one of the most ancient goddesses of the Middle East. Yes. I like her. The Enduring Star. I love that. That's beautiful. I know. I had no idea this tradition of a virgin giving birth went back so far. Did you? No. And it's actually a little confusing because I had a, in my head, I was like, wait a mm-hmm, second. Mm-hmm. But there were other Middle Eastern traditions as well, of course. Tell me everything. So there's a great deal of evidence that in much of the Eastern Mediterranean and the Middle East, the winter solstice was a time for imploring the sunlight to return and celebrating its readiness to do so. Love. In ancient Rome, there was a festival called Saturnalia. It was a holiday festival in honor of the god of Saturn, and it was held in December around December 17th to the 23rd. And the holiday of Saturnalia was celebrated with a sacrifice at the Temple of Saturn and a public banquet, followed by gift giving, partying and a carnival atmosphere. The Romans, by the way, also called December 25th, which would have been for them the day of the solstice. The mm-hmm. birthday of the unconquerable sun. I love it. They did it right. They did it right. In Persia, at the winter solstice, the common people would set bonfires and their rulers would send birds aloft bearing torches of dried grass. 
Wow. In my head, I'm seeing the doves holding the branches. Yes. 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 That's a common Christmas image. It is a common Christmas image. It's the dove of peace. And here they're looking at ancient Persia. That's crazy. Even saying ancient Persia, to think that this was happening in Asia, it's like it blows my mind. I know. And then, of course, there's the Jewish, the Jewish traditions. The Maccabees were Jewish warriors in Judea in the second century. Okay, so like the 100s. And it was a time. That's so cool. And it was a time when the Greeks were in the area and they had control. Again, this is after Alexander. The Greeks are still around, right? Mm -hmm. And the Greeks rule it. But the Maccabees are Jews and they kind of want to take it back, especially because the Greeks are like defiling their temples. Right. They're not respecting the Jewish ways. And so the Maccabees took the anniversary of the solstice and deemed it a day of rededication of the temple and of Jewish holiness. And by doing so, and by doing so, by the Maccabees using the winter solstice as a time to take back the temple, take back Jewish holiness, they were capturing a pagan solstice festival activities that had won wide support Mm. among the Jews who were starting to adopt the pagan ways, right? Okay. You see what I'm saying? So you have this mix yes. of people and the Maccabees are like, okay, we're owning this as our own special thing during this time to mm-hmm. renew Judaism kind of thing. Like do what you're doing, but we're doing it for God right. as opposed to like asked what what's her name? The everlasting star. Yes. The goddess. Um, yes. Now you're doing this for God, right. but do what you're doing, but it just know it's for God. Right. Now, is that Hanukkah? Tell me, like, what do you yes. mean? Yes. And that Are, is, that goes along with that tradition of Hanukkah, which is um, a Jewish festival lasting eight days from the 25th of the Hebrew month of Kislev in December and commemorating the rededication of the temple in 165 BCE by the Maccabees. And it's, That's so and it's crazy. marked by the kindling of eight lights. So you have that idea of lights. And I do have to say that we did get this information online from one source, but I do want to acknowledge that there is some disagreement amongst experts on why Hanukkah falls this time of the year. But this is just one expert's, one rabbi's interpretation about, you know, that correlation between Hanukkah and the solstice. Love it. Mm-hmm. So Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Yes. What what is the significance of the candles? Hanukkah was placed at the moment of the darkest sun and the darkest moon. And then one aspect of the candle seems to be assertion of our hope for renewed light. Love it. And for the ancient Hebrews to light the candles is to remind God to renew the sun and the moon. And the miracle of the eight days of light from one day of oil is part of that whole Hanukkah tradition. And that totally makes sense. I can see that. Because the story of Hanukkah, and I don't know it in depthly, but I know that they, had, they only had one day of oil and God let it last throughout the that, eight days. Yes, that's my understanding, too. Very rough understanding of Judaism. i got to tell you, I'm a yeah, little that's sad. that's not our, our personal tradition, so I'm, I'm less versed in that. But it's beautiful, isn't it? It's beautiful. It is. I want to know more. I, I actually want to know more about all these I cultures know. that we just talked I about. I know. These are also it's, cool. It's familiar, cool. I know. And it's like a different twist on what I know. I just want to dive right in. I know. In. We're skimming the surface because we have to, but you could do an entire like series just on this, and it's it's fascinating. It is. Continue, please. So in a different part of the world, in Finland, Sweden, and Norway, there were 
or are the Sami people, S-A-M-I, and they are indigenous mm-hmm. peoples from that area. And they arrived in Finland, Sweden, and Norway in that general area around year one. So right around- That's crazy. Yeah. Right around then, right around the time of Christ, they they arrived in their area. Now, according to odysseysunlimited.com, the Sami celebrated a festival for the sun goddess of fertility and sanity by sacrificing white reindeer on the day before the winter solstice to ensure that the sun returns to their region the following year. And then the meat would be sewn through with ribbons and pine branches in the shape of a large ring or wreath. And they believed that the sun goddess travels through the sky with her daughter in a vehicle constructed of reindeer bones pulled by a team of reindeer. Wow, you guys. That is insane. All of those, like, I'm thinking, like, Correlations with Christmas traditions, you? Uh, yes, I think it's funny that they're celebrating sanity by a slaughter <laughs> and using the bones of the slaughter to decorate shit. I'm kind of feeling a little Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe, but well, the slaughter goes back right. to Neolithic times, right? You have to kill your I know, animals. I know, I know. So that tradition is very, very old. But the wreath, the reindeer, the reindeer, the, the driving through the sky on a on a mm-hmm. reindeer pulled sled—that's crazy. Well, reindeer bones, again, a little creepier. That's true. A little creepier. <laughs> a little creepier. And I like creepy. I mean, they're hardcore. It's my vibe. They're hardcore up there. Yeah. The Finns, the Swedes, don't mess with them. Norwegians, nah. uh You've heard of the Celts. Who hasn't? As early as the 6th century BCE. So 6th century sixth before century. Christ. Before the common era. So 6,000 years? 600. 600 600, years before Christ. The Celts lived in Western Europe and also the area around the Danube River. Mm. And their home territories have often been traced to Central and Eastern France through Southern Germany. I I did not know that. And the Czech Republic. Did you know the Celts came from different parts of Europe? I only associate the Celts with like Scotland and Ireland. I didn't, but it makes sense because those old tribal peoples moved all over the place. Mm, continue. The Celts practiced a 12-day period of celebration running from December 25th and ending on January 6th. That's the Feast of the Wise Men. A key ingredient of Celtic celebrations was mistletoe. It was revered in healing and fertility. Did you know that mistletoe had mystical properties? I did not. That makes me happy. But it's so cool. I know. They would place mistletoe inside the front entrance of a dwelling there to grab the inhabitants with its protective magic as people came in. I love it. I know. I love it, too. Now I'm going to do that. At the midwinter solstice, Celts would light bonfires. They would tell stories and they would drink ale in addition to making sacrifices to the gods for blessings for forthcoming crops. So all of those things. I love everything you just said. All of those traditions that we've seen from Neolithic times. Here we have again. Here's the idea of the Yule log, Jill. Okay. The Celts celebrated the season by feeding a large oak tree into a fireplace. The tree would be cut down on the winter solstice and that Yule log would be slowly pushed into the flames over the 12 days of Christmas. I love that. It sounds like a lot of work to me. 
I love it. I, you know what I love about it is that like everyone in the community is celebrating together. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people are coming together for these bonfires, are coming together with the Yule log. I love it that. It seems like it's almost setting the clock, doesn't it? Because if you take one <sighs> big log and you put it down, you're kind of making a commitment. We're all going to be together. We're all this is the the period of celebration. And it's going to take 12 days to it. like, do you know what I mean? It's like setting the clock. Yeah, I really yeah, love it. It's cool. It's like a timer. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like you are going to chill. We're going to drink. We're going to hang out for 12 days until this right. tree is gone. Right. Folks. Exactly. I love I it. I know. Isn't that so cool? And then much of our current festive tradition actually originates with the pagan solstice customs that the Celts kind of did, such as that Yule log idea mm-hmm. and and the Yule tree. Tell me about the Yule tree. Brightly colored decorations would be hung on a pine tree to symbolize various stellar objects, which had tremendous <gasps> significance to the Celtic people, like the sun and the moon and the stars. I love that so much. And also to represent the souls of those who had died in the previous year. Oh, my God. The Celts are my soul animals. Like, oh, really? Right now? That is amazing. Can you imagine, a, like, a Christmas tree with the sun, the moon, the stars, and, like, pictures of, like, People. our family? Yeah. yeah, I love that. We need to do that. We're doing things wrong. So isn't it interesting that so much of what was happening with the pagans, specifically the Celts, in Europe, like, would translate into Christmas? Why, Jennifer? Why did the Celt tradition transcend time? And why is it so... So close to what we do today. It has to do with the Romans. If I recall correctly, the Romans were doing it right with the paganism. Um, They were having some big celebrations. And you might Mm -hmm. also... A lot of shindigs. You might also remember that the Romans were not kind to Christians early on. Remember? Like, you've seen the movies. the Romans killed Christ. (laughs) The Romans were at first intolerant to Christianity and were famous mm-hmm. for um, persecuting them. The crucifixion, Jennifer. Right, exactly. But Christianity spread anyway, and early Roman attempts to squelch the faith backfired. In fact, the more they fought it, the more they persecuted Christians, just the stronger, more militant, and more faithful the Christians became, right? Yeah, it gave them street cred. By the 300s, the Romans did a complete 180, and Christianity then became the official religion of the Roman Empire, right? So if you can't beat them, join them. Well, they really have egg on their face now. Like, you know, the whole savior, we killed him. We killed him for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's part of God's plan. Good save, guys. Good save. And at that time, there was the Roman Empire, and the Romans would aid then the spread of Christianity throughout the empire by adopting the traditions of the pagan people who lived in their conquered territories. And that's, you know, what's interesting about that is, again, the same thing. It's like, you're doing what you're doing. Keep doing it. It's wonderful. We love it. Keep doing it. But just know you're doing it now for Christ. Right, exactly. And of yeah. course, the center, the center of the Roman Empire is Rome or the, the Roman Catholic Church. And so right. there you have that tradition of Christmas. Wow. And again, modern day Christians are running around doing spells and they don't know it. Love every second of that. So interesting. I really do want to put mistletoe on like the front door and do a little protection spell. Not just for Christmas, like just like year round. Wouldn't that be cute? Should we keep going? 
Yeah. So we talked a lot about the history of Christmas traditions, but solstice celebrations have developed around the globe in different temperate climates where the change of the seasons would have dictated cultural traditions like we talked about. Okay. This is this is what you the contemporary. This is like so. Not only did we talk about then that those were the traditions of Christmas and solstice past. Tell me about the traditions of Christmas and solstice present. We already talked about Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Hit me up with another one. So there is a celebration called Yalda. Never heard of it. It occurs in December around the time of the solstice. Sure. It is an Iranian festival. In Iran, Stop it. celebrated on the winter solstice, friends and family during Yalda gather to eat, drink, and read poetry until after midnight. And I love it. Nuts and fruits are eaten, specifically pomegranates and watermelons. They are particularly significant because of the red color in the fruit that represents the crimson hues of dawn and the glow of life. I love it. That happens today in Iran. That's amazing. Yes, Yalda. And you see some of the same sort of celebration of light that occurs during this time of year. That's I love amazing. It. Tell me. I okay. love it too. There's also Tell me, give me another. a celebration by the Zuni and Hopi Native American tribes in the United States. Not a clue. I am ashamed of myself. <laughs> um, on December 22nd, they honor the winter solstice with a ceremony to lure back the sun god who is believed to have traveled away from the tribes. And it also marks a new cycle of the wheel of the year. Traditionally... It's a time of purification for the Hopi people, and it's a festival that lasts 16 days and includes prayers, stories passed down by elders of the tribe, and concludes with a feast. Wow. And during the feast that occurs on December 22nd, tribe members dress up in masks and costumes to represent spirits believe to support the community and they perform dances and children are given dolls that represent these spirits as gifts. I friggin' love it. I love it so much. And you know, when you were talking about it's a day of purification, yeah. it the song God and Sinners Reconcile in my head. Mm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, for so sure. That, again, that idea of celebrating light in a it has nothing to do with Christianity at all. It's just that whole mm -mm. celebration of light that goes back thousands and thousands of years. Oh, here's another Give one. Give me another. Here's another one. I've never heard of this, <laughs> but me. I love it. Tell me everything. The Dongji Festival or Winter Solstice Festi Festival happens between December 21st to December 23rd. And it is one of the most important Chinese festivals celebrated by mm -hmm, celebrated by Chinese people in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Japan, Vietnam, Korean, Korea, and other East Asian related people. And this is happening today. How did I not know this? The origins? Like, honestly. The origins of this festival, Jill, get this, can be traced back to the yin and the yang philosophy of balance, harmony, darkness, and light. Shut After up. After the celebration, it's believed that the days will have longer daylight hours and therefore create an increase in positive energy flowing in. I love everything you right? just said. How did we not know this? I don't. We're ignorant, clearly. <laughs> <laughs>
That's do you totally love fair. that? Like ignorant in a I big love, way. I love this because it's so similar, but it has nothing to do with like European Western traditions. I know. It may, it's like, honestly, we just need to all come together and do this thing and like call it one thing. Like we just like the whole world needs to get together and we need to make one thing because we we made it Christmas, but it, Christmas just feels cheap <laughs> now. Jill. Doesn't it? Jill, they also make dumplings, by the way. I bet it's delicious. We okay. Should- it, wait, are you still talking about Asia? Because <laughs> yes. the dumplings I get from the local Chinese restaurant here are out of this world. Yeah, dumplings. We're That's going. all I got to say. But um, these days, there are contemporary pagan people who do still celebrate the winter solstice slash Yule slash Christmas so tide. Friggin' cool. I know, right? Where are they doing that? Wouldn't you love that? Some of them try to celebrate as closely as the ancient German Germanic pagans did, like that's doing so uh, cool. the, you know a modern Yule log that's decorated with like candles and berries and put on an altar. Other modern pagans observe the holiday in a more eclectic way and borrow from different traditions. Yeah, and Yule festivities can also include like sharing meals and giving gifts. But Mm. modern pagan celebrations can include activities like meditation um, and the exchange of nature-themed gifts, making wreaths, participating in candlelight. I kind of want to do the Eastern Asian one with the dumplings. Participating in candlelight celebrations and spending time in nature to honor and celebrate nature's gifts. Yeah, I think I would rather do the dumplings than the meditation. Sign you up for the dumplings? Okay. Yeah. All right. Noted. Put me down. Anyway, isn't that all fascinating, Jill? My takeaway is that it feels like my mind is just so hyper-focused on like Christmas and what I know of it, and it's so much more. And these celebrations have been going on for millennia, Uh and it feels cheap just to call it Christmas, to be honest. I Yeah, I mean, if you look at the roots, just like way back, winter solstice celebrations have grown up because of that correlation between astronomical events, i.e. the sun's position in the sky, and the agricultural events that people had yes. to had to take part in, like harvesting, storing food, and slaughtering, slaughtering animals. I mean, it's that simple. And the, don't forget the fermenting of the wine. I will not It forget. wouldn't have been ready to drink. <laughs> I won't forget that. And the other exciting thing, like you've been saying, is that these traditions have developed independently of each other around the of globe in temperate climates that are dictated by seasonal changes. It's ridiculous. Interesting to say, I couldn't find any sort of solstice celebrations around like equatorial regions, you know, because... S- explain yourself. Around the equator, oh. there are no traditions like <laughs> that because it's... a fancy word Because they I don't have like understand. the growing seasons <laughs> and like, you know, the, the cultural right. changes that have to happen from winter to summer, right? So when you're looking at... You're really looking at right. those, those temperate climates... It's just fascinating. It's just I fascinating. Love it. it is. It's fascinating that everyone was doing the same thing in different ways. That's what's so fascinating. Like independent of each other, everyone's doing the same thing and calling it something different. Right. And not only that, if you look at religion and and the gro- and religions growing over time, the holidays and traditions associated with the solstice activities seem to have been recycled by different religions over time as they borrowed from the p- the traditions of the people before them, right? Just like the Maccabees right. and the Romans. I love it. But 
All these traditions spring from the same source, Jill, from the celebration of light from darkness that the ancients recognized so long ago. I love it so much. You guys, thank you for being with us today to learn about the season and what the meaning is. And however you celebrate your holiday season, remember two things. We're all linked by the common human experience and the light will always follow the darkness. I have goosebumps. Can I meow now? Meow, 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 before you tune people out with your meowing, you guys, oh my gosh, please meet us on Patreon if you are interested in hearing about Krampus. I, I am so excited. You guys, it's coming back. We're bringing it back. Santa's I will not evil stand twin. for another year without Santa's it. evil twin. Meet us on Patreon. <laughs> Happy holidays. Don't forget, you can find us on our on our website, commonmystics.net. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen in wherever you're listening to your favorite podcast. But if you happen to be listening on Apple, please leave us a positive review so other people can find us. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Good night, everybody. 